Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 133 in which I'm going to talk about the subject of mind-orientated spirituality. I'm going to look at just a consideration of why, um, especially at this time in the history of the planet, it's it's um, it's very easy to get uh, pulled into the seductions of just living living in the mind, especially if you're kind of a, an analytical, intelligent type of person. We could also also look at ways in which we can connect to the heart, and also other ways in which we can um, try and really um, remain um, balanced as we try and harmonise um, the heart and the mind because I think uh, again during this time it's really part of a big part of the spiritual journey is is to make sure that we we try and attend to that process um, the best the best that we can so yeah thank you all uh, again before I start in earnest for tuning in um, today and um yeah first thing i want to consider is um just a little bit of a background really i think it's perfectly natural to want to run away uh, and escape this crazy clown world that that we live in and um of course at the moment we've got the latest um news around the impeachment of former president donald trump and uh, obviously um a deeply sort of polarizing issue once again and the whole woke thing t- seems to be uh seems to be uh re-intensifying in earnest so there's many many different things <laughs> that can pull us in uh and we get lost in the kind of mind in the intellect trying to analyze it all trying to um work it all out which as i say is perfectly natural if you're an intelligent person, there's nothing wrong with that. The only the only issue is a lot of what's going on um, during a period like now, which the end of an age and the beginning of a new age, is a very tumultuous period of human history. And of course, we're going to want to try and intellectualise what's happening and understand what's happening. That's, um, that's perfectly... Uh, perfectly logical to want to do that but by the same token there is so much that we're never really going to understand the whys and wherefores and um, so we have to learn we really have to try and learn um, try and learn to let go of our of our um, of our tendency to just want to live in the head for one of a better phrase I know I fall into that trap a lot and to over intellectualize everything and forget the heartfelt feeling aspect more of that more of that um later and of course um it's not about rejecting the mind in the intellect um but as with all aspects of the ego it's recognizing its proper place so first of all what i want to consider in today's particular episode in regards to a mind oriented spirituality let's just look at um the mind in general, uh, this idea of um, dwelling in the mind and, and, and what happens and some of the implications um, for um, when we become perhaps fixated on different theories and different ideas 
Maybe we get caught up in constantly ruminating, sorry, and analysing and categorising and labelling. Oh, that's what the, the mind is designed to do. And it's absolutely an amazing, fantastic tool. But the trouble is, is when we, we kind of go there for comfort and safety, when we're trying to escape this ridiculous clown world that we're living in, which really is becomes more and more difficult um, to process and get our heads, our head around each day. Um, but as we know, um, it's really difficult to become truly free, free when we're weighed down by the intellect. It's an incredible gift, but it will only take us so far on the journey of selfhood, on the spiritual journey, because ultimately what we're seeking is the journey from ego to spirit or the journey from intellect to feeling. I mean, these are all themes that I would, I would, uh, suggest or prompt that you're all probably um you guys listening are probably familiar with but i think there can be a struggle um especially for men like myself <laughs> at least when i last look when it comes to embracing um our feelings and this idea of um feeling our emotions and not blocking um difficult and challenging emo emotions it's um you know, from a manly perspective, it's, it's perspective, I beg your pardon, it's considered to be rather a whimsical um, thing because it's not 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 t tangible. And as we know, women in general have have no have no such reluctance or, or resistance when it comes to this process of embracing um, the the emotions um, for men. I believe also in our culture, you know, quite broadly within mainstream um kind of TikTok world if you like as um Stuart Wilde um called it in all his amazing books um there is this sort of idea um how the mind gets elevated to almost like this godlike status and we saw this of course during um during covid when we had the whole you know mantra of trust the science it was when uh, the mind and the intellect supposedly that's another story was elevated to this high high status and as we know it was it was not it was not science in its true in its truest sense as we know and this can lead to overthinking which takes us away from our core essence but by the same token of course we can be out of balance when we're, st we're too stuck in in feeling we don't uh, we don't use our mind and intellect um enough so it's all as with all things it's um it's um it's all it's all about balance as we put one foot gingerly in front of the of the other as as we walk um as we walk our spiritual paths at this tumultuous time in human history and i know again you know from a male perspective when when you hear um you know spiritual teachers and um content creators who fall into the new age category they talk a lot don't they they talk a lot about you have to feel you have to feel more it's all about how does that feel and i know in some guys it can it can um it can can sort of feel rather annoying um at the end of the day especially to men who were kind of based more around intellect and logic reason and logic and uh but however it's it's you know it is 
it does tend to be we use reason and logic is how we tend to make the big decisions in life and it's often this is often re regarded as the de domain of the intellect say we need to choose you know are we going to leave a partner a husband and wife are we going to relocate are we going to take that job offer we'll you know we'll sit down and we'll, we'll ruminate we'll use the mind and the intellect to make that such decisions well that's how humanity traditionally has has um, processed that but what if we can make such decisions based on how something feels such as i'm saying as the prospect of a new job or partner or house and the journey of selfhood requires um that the intellect as i was saying before is put in its proper place is calmed um, because using the intellect as a basis upon which to make big life decisions still does involve a lot of guesswork as you've probably experienced yourselves in life and we can apply logic and reason but why, what but what might have worked previously in previous situations might not work again in a, in a new different set of current circumstances and also the other trouble with sort of dwelling in the mind too much is it creates a lot of flux or mental rumination generally um, tends to bring forward a lot of dissatisfaction which means we set, tend to seek other external um, we look to other external circumstances rather than looking within and overthinking can lead to a rather sort of serious attitude to life in general I think and we can easily lose sight of the simple pleasure and beauty of of, of nature so I think that's um, something that we really uh, we really need to look out for so just um, just moving on uh, in today's episode to look at this idea of mind orientated spirituality just a little bit more specifically i mean one way in which uh, it commonly manifests itself is this idea of becoming attached to a specific body of spiritual teaching but as we know again in order to transcend the physical plane physical space materiality we need to be able to release absolutely everything including all our intellectual attachments to certain spiritual or esoteric teachings, which again are all wonderful things. They're all part of the amazing milieu of life. But this is um, easier said than done. Um, I think that certainly again, just to what I was speaking to in the introduction about living in this crazy clown world, which is an affront to all basic human um decency now we're living in a absolutely degenerate culture now it's uh, degeneracy is actually celebrated i think i'd go so far as to say that now certainly in the western world i know that for myself we do tend to prize the intellect because because it becomes part of our protective armor it's something that we we cherish and in some sense we do we do need in this awful clown world because when everything about life is being dumbed down and as I say moral degeneracy is being actively encouraged by the culture by perhaps even our peers by society by people we're told to look up to and respect um, it's almost as if we're pushed into <laughs> embracing the intellect it's almost as if we can uh, 
we're given very little choice. It's almost like um, self-survival, survival mode, really. But it isn't about necessarily dispensing with the intellect or critical thinking or critical analysis. Um, however, if this remains the sole focus of our spiritual work or spiritual journey, then we won't progress very far along the path. Now, I just want to relate this particular segment of this episode to, it's an, I'm not sure what the image is called, but um, it's, I think it comes under the tagline of the journey of the seeker. And it's sort of, as I just said, a classic image. Um, and it's also, I believe it's been, it's called Stages of the Way. So you may well have seen it. It's like a chap who's, um, there's two mountain peaks in the distance and he's taken himself off the treadmill of life and he's walking through the forest or the undergrowth. And you can see this image of a man walking through the jungle or the undergrowth. And he's looking out, as I say, towards two huge peaks or, or mountain peaks in, in the distance. And he's worked out the ability to diagnose all the control structures and how they operate within the world and society. But then I think what I'm speaking to is there's something completely different to then move on to have the ability to transcend the illusion, if you like um it's it's almost as if um it's described um as the second sleep when we get stuck in the intellect uh when we get stuck in 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 mind if you will it's um called the second sleep it also comes it's also called um the grand illusion if you will so it's people who think they're doing the work who think they're engaged in the great work or the spiritual work, but actually they've just really kind of fallen into um, another trap, for what, to put it in a very, very simple way. And um, yeah, as I say, many spiritual seekers get lost at this stage of the, of the journey. And they may well be, as I was just saying, extremely articulate, articulate, sorry, in diagnosing humanity's plight. I think many of us are now, um kind of like we've probably reached that stage which i just call the problem but kind of like the problem with that is it's all based on upon the intellect and the ruminations of the mind or mind um but in order to reach a state of total inner peace or transcendence that's that calls in a completely different order of, of magnitude and that's something that i'm still i struggle with greatly um right now is something that I'm I'm really really struggling with another issue when we become attached to a specific spiritual teaching which again is a byproduct of an overactive mind and the intellect is uh and I used to fall into this trap not so much now is we almost have to defend that body of teaching or that um the kind of what are the main tenets of that teaching and we can discount um other maybe aspects of religion or, or um a kind of body of knowledge esoteric body of knowledge that runs counter to the one that we're attached to and i think as a byproduct of the mind and the intellect i think again i, I spoke about a little bit earlier in the intro talking about you know what it's like being stuck in the mind is 
the intellect's desire to constantly categorize and create hierarchies. I think that's kind of a natural part of being a human being, really. And again, there's nothing wrong with this, but it's an example of how the mind can can play tricks on us. But we need to try and be, as always, um, flexible and strong without being um, without being overly dogmatic uh, in terms of becoming attached to particular spiritual teachings because as we know as soon as we've it's all kind of paradoxical but as soon as we think we've found it the answer then you can be sure we've just got stuck in a kind of cul-de-sac of our own lack of understanding and and wisdom and as i've spoken about before in the past um on discerning consciousness my own experience of working with spiritual teachings and trying to find spiritual teachings it's 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 very difficult it's very very it's, i would say it's almost impossible to do it on your own it's really really difficult to be objective about one's path one's spiritual journey because the mind and the intellect you know it can really can, can convince us that we're that we're onto something and we really are you know ripping up trees so to speak and we, we really are progressing but I do understand it is, and I'm at the stage again where I'm kind of flying solo, not having a huge amount of interaction with people online that I used to, who are interested in, you know, um, kind of like alternative spiritual truth or conspiracy, esoteric themes. And it is, it is difficult. It is, um, sorry to reiterate the point, but it is really difficult. It really is difficult to, to, um, to do it all on your own, so to speak. But as an antidote and antidote uh, to this idea of mind orientated spirituality is this thing that you've probably heard spoken about all the time. <laughs> Hopefully not going to bore you on this occasion, but is about the transition to the heart or transition to the heart centre, if you will, because all of this mental energy, mental clamouring uh, can lead us to a real feeling of inner lack we might feel incomplete we're kind of top heavy when we're stuck in mind and um, trapped in the mistaken belief this is another common theme of course again trapped in the mistaken belief that the more we know then the more we'll become spiritual or enlightened again that's that's another very very seductive um, trap to fall into but yeah let's just talk a little bit about embracing embracing the heart because it really is the only way in which we can gain a deeper understanding of self um, as we know the heart is the doorway to the soul and for those of us such as myself who come from a more conspiratorial angle that was my entry point shall, shall I say that was my uh, red pill moment <laughs> back back <laughs> back in the day I think for those of us who have a cynical nature towards more of the ungrounded aspects of the new age, uh, which I'm less, I'm less so now, I, but I still think it's easy to dismiss this whole idea of, you know, you must feel more, come from the heart more, um, because there is this notion that it's a bit of a cop-out, but I don't think, I don't think that that is the case, because if one, you know, if we try meditating on the heart, then I think we'll find out that this isn't the case at all at all sorry and you can really have um really have profound sort of um 
experiences as I've been having recently, actually. And if you do struggle in this regard, a book um, that I can re recommend that I finished recently, very good, actually, is called um, The Path to Love by Deepak Chopra. <clears throat> Obviously, well-known uh, name in the New Age circles. And of course, author of another excellent book, which I have read for many years, um, Ageless Body, uh, Timeless Mind. I think Path to Love was published around 96, 97. Now, I know in recent times, uh, old Deepak Chopra has gone very strange. I saw an interview he did with CNN, of all people, during the COVID debacle. And yeah, he, he, he does seem as if I don't know what's happened to him, but he was speaking to many kind of globalist themes as if, yeah, very, very odd. Um, I know I think he's under the whole Louise Hay empire. Uh, less said about that, the better. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. Back in the 90s, he, he did write some quite fantastic books, really brilliant books. And yeah, The Path to Love, check it out if you are struggling with this sort of idea of um, connecting to the heart, because there's some real good meditations in that book. And um, yeah, it's it's really it's really good for those of us who you know find it difficult to release from the intensity of the mind and intellect. Because as we know, yeah, it's a really tough, especially for us males, it's a really tough transition to make. And also on a very sort of um, touching on, it does touch on a lot of raw emotions, and it's extremely difficult, challenging process. But from my personal experience true um true wisdom can only really arise when we do fully embrace and open up the heart i've been shown things or had in recent months or had certain awarenesses of, of self that really yeah, are proven <laughs> quite horrifying and shocking in some way but that's only really because of the extent of my of my self-delusion so yeah it's i know um as i was referring to earlier sorry to repeat myself that some might regard it as a rather whimsical process connecting to the heart now don't be fooled <laughs> it can be extremely traumatic um depends on the degree to which of course we we suppress challenging emotions which us men us guys are, are very very are very good so of course yeah the rewards that come from in embracing this process i'm talking about are, are truly yeah infinite amazing because as we know Love is the strongest force in the universe and a source of life and creation itself. But what I've experienced in recent months, um, actually from doing the meditations in Deepak Chopra's book, I hope I pronounced that right, is more and more um, a sense of um, freedom, and uh, which has led me really to no longer feel this sort of intense need to control and understand everything, this real sense of... Um, letting go but not just sort of intellectualizing the idea of letting go but really feeling the freedom that comes from thinking um letting go of, of of a lot a lot of attachments really around how i see myself and my own limitations in the world really that's the kind of the kind of theme i'm speaking to here and um one thing that sort of came to mind uh, recently is I saw um, a photo of the flat that I was living in from 2008 to 2010 in Southampton. And that was when I really got stuck in. Uh, I was in a very, very difficult space. 
Uh, I was spending hours and hours every day looking at kind of or tumbling down a lot of um, truth or conspiracy rabbit holes. I was convinced humanity was on the path to, to, to destruction. And, and, and seeing this old image of a place where I used to live and the space and seeing my room and realising the state of mind that I was, I was in, it was really, it, it brought a lot of sadness because I was thinking, wow, I was, I was so out of balance because, yes, we know the darkness and these awful things are always going on. And fast forward to 2023 and I'm sure they haven't lessened to any degree at all. Maybe they've even tens intensified. But back then I had no concept that there is light in this world as well and um that's why in future i've uh plans to um really throw myself into hopefully getting some work published on what i call the truth of trap what can happen when you do get lost and forgive me for using words like conspiracies and rabbit holes because i know they're pejorative phrases but for me it was a, such a destructive um destructive process and just seeing that photo just reminded me, my God, yeah, when you when you do fall down these rabbit holes, as I did, and you block out the sun and you can't see the the light and, and yeah, it's it, it it was really quite a sanguine moment for me, really, to realise how how um, how out of balance I was. Anyway, enough of that. I'll be getting all emotional. So, yeah, it is. It's certainly um, that I think overall, I think definitely. I think we can conclude that there's there is no when we come back to sorry this idea of mind and intellect there really is no external guidance system in the form of a thought or an idea or an ideology or a belief system that that can match our own kind of sort of our own resources what resides uh, what resides in in all of us really and and call that what you like our higher self our divine will a higher self um spirit uh, eternal flame eternal light call 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 it what you will really so i'm just going to move the conversation on now to look at um some more sort of practical everyday solutions to to help us remain in balance when it comes to the heart and mind um so first thing that i found useful is to at least um, allocate some period of my day towards solitude and silence because this has helped me to open up a channel to listen to my higher self and as we know it's an ideal way to connect to the heart and it's just a good way to slow down it's a good way to balance after maybe having a fast-paced day at the office or whatever your daily routines and I think it's a simple and yet highly effective um, you know daily process like um, our meditation routines that you may or may not use another thing I think we're all guil guilty sorry of forgetting to do is this idea of self-comfort again when you're lost in mind and intellect um, I think we can all too easy forget to just be kind to ourselves and this idea of self-comfort and um, even just w words of comfort are really important because um, as we know with the inner child resides within the heart and um, there's that in, that uh, vulnerability that exists there that rawness the feelings of 
lack of uh, um, worthiness, feelings of unworthiness, sorry, I should say, that we that we probably felt very intensely um, as a child. So again, it might sound a bit crass, but it's good to repeat words like I love you. You're being so strong and I'm with you at this difficult time. And just just to say these to say these and I do this um, in a forest nearby where I live and it's slightly less embarrassing than doing it in your own dwelling, flat, apartment or house or whatever. To do it in nature does help. Because I think that we, as we're well familiar with by now, as a society, we've become extremely good at suppressing and de de denying our true emotions, um, unfortunately. Something else that is very helpful to do in terms of this heart-mind balancing process is to connect with our inner mother or father. It's a way to connect uh, with the emotion of unconditional love, unfortunately, which many of us um, perhaps fail to receive from our own um, biological parents. Not pointing the finger of accusation or blame here, because a lot of our parents were doing the best that they would uh, doing the best that they could at the time when they were bringing us up, and perhaps they didn't get that love from their own parents. It's very common, so we're not playing. The blame game here but one of the ways in which it's really excellent way of connecting with our inner mother or child is through prayer as you're probably well aware or just writing a, a letter a comforting letter or perhaps chanting or, or again speaking out loud as i was just talking about in the forest and yeah that can be that can be a very powerful way to help regulate uh the relationship between the heart and mind and just just soften it off um, really and also uh, what's really helpful is to um, embrace when it feels uncomfortable we're in those when we're in those uh, difficult uh, tricky situations in life and we feel under stressed um, could be monetary it could be a relationship breakup it could be any situation but basically it helps to embrace this idea of feeling uncomfortable. And I think it's something that uh, Laurie Ladd on her excellent YouTube channel has spoken about quite a lot recently. I think she spoke to it. She's just come back to the States from doing a book tour in Europe, actually. And uh, unfortunately, I had plans to get to uh, her, um, her talk in London. But unfortunately, it just it literally... Um, got booked out within hours but that's another story but yeah she's been talking quite a lot really eloquently recently about this idea of she was talking about how she was getting stressed on an interconnecting flight within Europe uh, between I think it was um, Sweden and Germany or the other way around and how she was getting stressed and because she thought that she was going to miss her flight and this whole idea about um, yeah embracing when we feel uncomfortable and labeling it's okay to label it to not run away from challenging and difficult emotions because again as we're well aware we've learned to block our hearts in and that you know in order to protect us from uncomfortable emotions but the the emotional pain is of course is actually the great teacher and again this is something that's very easy to to talk about on a podcast but when you're feeling that it it, it does it feels anxiety like if you're gonna just if you're gonna be late if you're gonna miss if miss your flight if you're or if you're late for your interview or 
you feel like you've missed out in your appraisal at work or whatever it might be is is that feel that feeling of feeling uncomfortable in this instance the emotion of stress it really does it really that's probably when we feel maybe the heart is too open but it's important to embrace that and and not i guess that's what i'm saying here not um not to block it um because it, the whole idea about embracing the heart means you know of course by extension we can we can no longer run away from ourselves and and especially at this time uh, more than ever i'm i'm finding in my day-to-day -day life when i when i run away from issues uh with perhaps i've got an issue with a friend or a relative and uh, i i don't i don't you know speak my mind or or um i um how should we say i don't address an issue i find that it's just coming right back at me again right deal with it now and so i don't know what's happening um with regards to the energies right now on the planet but it's almost as if the universe god whatever you want to say to those of us who recognize such things and are interested in becoming true to ourselves and opening up our hearts and, and living in truth and beauty there really is no running away from ourselves anymore and i'm and i'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys can probably relate to this there really is there's this literally and it's a wonderful thing but at the same time it's um it's um yeah it's uh it's very very difficult so yeah just on this segment um it's important to remain receptive rather than reactive and to have a state of openness and preparedness because um to feel what we normally uh, would ignore or run away from is 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 very difficult and uh yeah it's it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to do so I think I'll round things up now in this episode uh, where I've been talking about the dangers of being trapped in the mind, ruminating, uh, the dangers of just being um, just relying on the intellect and perhaps this idea of, you know, mind orientated spirituality where we think we're going to ascend to the mountaintop if we can just finally um, find the missing piece or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow by uh, discovering a particular teaching and then everything falls into place. Of course, that doesn't happen. I'm not repeating anything here. I'm sure you're not familiar with, but it is, it's, um, it's very, it's very important to, to be reminded of at this time, because I think um, we're now coming into a time where the atmosphere and the energy is going to become even more rarefied and we're going to see uh events out there in the external world become even more crazy and insane and that's going to put more pressure on us to remain balanced to not to get lost in the intellect and mind to try and work it all out as i was saying with regards to trump and this impeachment which as we know is mere theater is mere circus whether you support trump whether you don't i've always been ambivalent in that regard to be honest i must admit i got pulled in around about the inauguration at uh, the day of the inauguration as many of us did because it was a hugely the election sorry and then the inauguration that wasn't because uh, it's a hugely significant event but now i've kind of worked through my savior complex that i did at the time had at the time briefly with trump but yeah it's really it really is uh, now about trying to not trying to work it work it all out because there's going to be many many louche creating <laughs> events out there um in the in the 
in the theatre of the absurd, in the extreme clown world that could try and draw us in. So thank you all for listening today. I hope you've been able to relate to some of the themes and ideas that I've been sharing. And just as a heads up, um, my next episode, I'm going to do a return to um, what I did with Mike, which we really enjoyed and got some good feedback from, actually, some positive feedback. It was a, a movie review. In the past, we did, uh, yeah, we did They Live and we did The Truman Show because some real good spiritual themes, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, in The Truman Show. So I'm going to do the film Groundhog Day, which has loads of delicious spiritual and esoteric ideas and teachings. So I'm going to bring that to you. That will be in the next episode. So that will be um, in two weeks time, the weekend in two weeks time. So once again, I wish you the best for this uh, Easter time, whether you're religious or not. And thank you so much for tuning in. And I will speak to you in due course again. Thank you so much. Bye for now.